This has been kind of a depressing week, hasn't it? For obvious reasons. The Tyree Nichols story. So we'll do a little discussion here. We'll talk about it. Let's start the show. There's a lot of stories this week that have driven me crazy, but I'm going to try and stay focused on just a couple of things, and I'll say a little bit about Tyree Nichols towards the end of the show, okay? Because the story, it saddens you, it angers you, it confuses you, but I've said before, if I don't have a lot to add, a lot of new information to add, I usually won't talk about it a lot if I don't have something to add to the conversation that you probably haven't already heard. But there are other things this week that drove me crazy listening to it in the news. Just real quickly, the Fair Tax Act. If you don't know what this is, if you're wondering, if you're worried, ignore it. Ignore it. It's nonsense. The Fair Tax Act is just some Republicans who are trying to stir up a conversation to let their supporters know how much they hate the IRS, as if we don't all know how much some Republicans hate the IRS. But it's just a waste of time. This is not a new thing. This same idea came up way back in 1999, I come to find. Never got any traction then. Then came up again in 2011. Never got any traction then. The Wall Street Journal says it's a stupid idea. Grover Norquist Remember him, Grover Norquist? He's the I hate all taxes guy. He's the guy that got Republicans to sign a a, I won't raise taxes a single penny pledge years ago. He says it's a dumb idea to get rid of income tax in this way. So to discuss it, to argue about it, your time is too valuable for that, for me to do that to you. I'm not going to sit here and discuss something that has about as much chance of ever becoming law as men being mandated to print their penis size on their driver's licenses. It'll never happen. You'll have people start to argue, well, where should you measure from? Should you measure from the tip to the base or from the tip to the under the scrotum? It'll never, it's, let's not, let's not get distracted with nonsense. So before I get to the main topic of the show, the best advice you can get, in my opinion, let me just clear up a couple of things from last episode. Let me just say, I know there were differences between Biden classified documents and Trump classified documents. I know that. I know there were differences between the two stories. You don't have to keep commenting to me. Well, you have to understand the difference between Biden and the difference between Trump. My point was, and it remains, you appear biased when you immediately start downplaying Biden having classified documents. And it's not necessary. You could just take the opportunity to say, oh, wow, look at this. Biden screwed up, too. He says he didn't know the documents were there. He says he's cooperating fully. And I believe him. But let's let the investigation play out. You know, you say that and you don't seem as biased as when you right away come out and say, well, Biden cooperated. Biden immediately turned over all the documents. Well, you don't know that. You don't know that for a fact. You're talking as if the investigation has been completed and we know everything. So in this case... For people on the left, for supporters of Biden, I suggested just say, oh, man, what a screw up here. Look at this. Doesn't excuse Trump, 
But at the same time, Biden has some explaining to do. That's all. That's all the point I was making. People want to keep pointing out to me the differences, this difference, that difference, the other difference. The real difference between Biden having classified documents and Trump having classified documents is Donald Trump can't read. That's the real difference. And I'm not trying to make a joke. Illiteracy is a major problem. Trump, by his own admission, says he took those documents as mementos. So you can you picture him at Mar-a-Lago bringing friends into his office saying, hey, you want to see something cool? Check this out. Look at this. Top secret classified briefing intelligence documents. Take a look at this one. To he is is grow up. To he is is grow up. Let me see that. Donald, that says the ISIS group. I mean, what what do you mean? You know, they even changed. I see they crossed out caliphate and put group to make it easier on you. So it's it's that's the difference. It's it's ridiculous. Another comment from last episode. People want to know if I was joking about putting 13 year olds to work. Um, Does this sound like a comedy show? No, I wasn't joking, but I will discuss that further. I can't do it right now. Not in this episode, but tune in next episode. I'm going to discuss that further. I want to stick to our main topic. The best advice you can get. If someone said to me, I'm thinking about changing jobs. What's your advice? I would say, get as much information as you can. If someone said to me, I got accepted to four colleges I applied to. Which one should I choose? I would say, get as much information as you can. If someone said to me, I met a guy three months ago and he asked me to move in with him. What should I do? I would say, get as much information as you can. Maybe stay there a couple, three times a week and see how it goes. If someone said to me, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, I would say, don't do it. Don't do it. There's enough podcast. But I can't think of any situation where get as much information as you can wouldn't be about the best advice I could give to someone. Now, you might feel like, well, that's not groundbreaking information, comparison group guy. That's common sense. So then explain to me why just about every person in this country, regardless of party, appears to be making decisions, better yet, forming opinions, hard, unshakable. I'm taking this to my grave opinions on partial information. Now, let me give you some examples, and I could give you a million examples, but I'm just going to stick to a few obvious current ones. All right. Now, before I do, understand as I always do on this show, what the comparison group is all about. I'm not telling you getting more or fuller information is going to change your mind. This is not and should not be the goal, in my humble opinion, of information providers. Just provide the information. Don't try to persuade me to your point of view or persuade me you are right about a subject. Because quite honestly, I might not have all the information. I probably don't have all the information because it's impossible to know everything about everything from every angle. I also don't think I should be trying to persuade you to my point of view because I don't know you. What is right to me may not be right to you in a particular circumstance. 
what seems like great policy for an 18-year-old living in Texas may not seem like great policy to a 55-year-old living in California. There are actually probably incredibly few things we can and should all agree on in this country. Things like political violence, any hateful violence is wrong. Racism is wrong. Sexism is wrong. The top three female singers of all time, number three, Whitney Houston, number two, Aretha Franklin, number one, Taylor Swift. Those things we can all agree on. No argument, no discussion to be had, right? But other things like taxes, for example, there's plenty of discussion to be had. There's plenty of information that you can gather that you may not have. Let's focus on that. And first, let's focus on it from the left-leaning perspective, and then we'll focus on it from the right-leaning perspective. What's the left-leaning perspective? Corporations and the mega-rich need to pay their fair share, right? On the right, the perspective is all the Democrats do is tax and spend. For the sake of time, I'll just boil it down to those two points. Well, for the left, I've said it many times on the show, corporations and the rich pass their tax burden down to the middle class, mostly. I've said this many times, but let me put some meat on the bone for you, all right? Rather than just me saying it to you, let me give you examples of other people saying the same thing. Here's an article from Yahoo News almost a couple years ago. I'll post it to the website, www.thecomparisongroup.com. It's an article from a couple years ago when increasing corporate taxes was being discussed to pay for infrastructure and build back better. The article says, corporations do not pay any corporate tax. Individuals do. That is because companies pass on their cost. Some of the tax is paid by consumers who pay higher prices. Company employees pay some of the tax through lower wages. And investors' retirement accounts pay some of the tax through lower returns. The article goes on to say, in a 2020 study by Scott R. Baker of Northwestern University, Stephen Tang Sun of City University of Hong Kong, and Constantine Yanellis of the University of Chicago, estimate that 31% of the cost of an increase in corporate taxes is borne by consumers, 38% by workers, and 31% by shareholders, or about a third each. Other studies have found different ratios. A 2020 Tax Policy Center study, a joint effort between the Urban Institute and Brookings Institution, certainly not right-leaning organizations, they estimate uh, an 80-20 split between investors and labor. The Tax Foundation's Stephen J. Enton estimated in 2017 that labor pays 70% or more of the corporate tax. Differences aside, these studies share a common conclusion. Ultimately, corporations themselves pay no corporate tax. Now that sucks. That really sucks. But what also sucks is with all of these studies and this kind of being common knowledge, how on earth could we pass a 15% minimum corporate tax without taking this into account? Well, simple, because it's about politics. And when you get a huge applause every time you say, we're going to finally make sure that the rich pay their fair share, eventually you have to come up with something to do it. You got to pass something, whether it makes sense or not. Well, you might ask, why would imposing a minimum tax on companies whose profits 
or a billion dollars. Why would that not make sense? Well, I just told you, they don't pay the tax. We do. But in addition, I'll ask you this. When is it bad news for a company to make a profit of a billion dollars? If I told you, I'm sad, my company only made a billion dollars profit last year, when would I be justified in being sad about that? Well, if I made $5 billion the year before and $10 billion five years before that, every billion-dollar company is not the same. This is not a hypothetical. This is a reality, a current reality. Just this week, it was announced Bed Bath & Beyond is expected to declare bankruptcy. Now, when I saw that, I looked it up, and sure enough, Bed Bath & Beyond is a billion-dollar company. They have been for the past 10 years. They've been a billion-dollar company. They had revenue of over $6 billion, I believe, last year, or maybe the year before, with profits right around a billion dollars, gross profits of $1.6 billion. So over that billion-dollar benchmark. And they're about to declare, declare bankruptcy. And they're not a one-off. There are plenty of billion-dollar companies in the same boat, a lot of them in the brick-and-mortar retail sector. Some of those companies may have been billion-dollar companies, but we have no idea how much they slashed labor, slashed wages, closed locations to make a billion. And you might say, well, hey, a billion dollars is a billion dollars. I don't feel sorry for them. It's their own fault for paying executives huge salaries and huge bonuses and bad business practices, treating employees like crap. That's what hurt their bottom line. I don't feel sorry for the corporation. Well, it's not about feeling sorry for the corporation. It's about feeling sorry for the country. When these companies go out of business and lay off tens of thousands of workers who then need to collect unemployment and competition in the retail space suffers, which in turn raises prices for the consumer, that's bad for the country. It increases our cost because now you have people out there, more people out there unemployed and struggling, and you have less tax revenue, less tax revenue from the corporation and less tax revenue from the people who weren't working, who aren't working anymore. Now, Bed Bath & Beyond may have already been on their way out and the 15 percent minimum tax would not have made a big difference going forward because they were already losing money. But there are plenty of other companies that it will affect. Plenty of companies that may still be above that billion dollars in profit uh, level, but they're on their way out. They're struggling because they're doing worse than they were five years ago, worse than they were 10 years ago, worse than they were 15 years ago because of the changing economy. Now, lastly, before I get to the solution, because if you listen to the show, you know, I'm always going to give you a solution or at the very least an idea. Lastly, the last thing I want to say before I do that, is let's all understand the billion-dollar benchmark for the minimum tax. That was either proposed by an idiot or by a politician. Hey, wait a minute. That's the same thing. The billion-dollar number was the number because it was the only number that worked politically. Politically. If you said $3 billion or $5 billion in profits for the minimum tax, it doesn't work. It doesn't work to go out and then say, this new tax will raise $300 billion for deficit reduction. So it's sad. Politics 
causes us to come up with these one-size-fits-all, let's-go-after-the-bad-guys laws that don't really work in the end. Okay? So, solution. What are we going to do? Well, if you really want to go after the bad guys, you got to separate the good guys from the bad guys. Politics has got us all convinced they're all bad, right? Well, what if I want to be good? What if I see the benefit in paying my employees more? But if I do, I'll have to raise my prices and my competition, who pays less to their employees, will eat into my market share. Same thing with higher taxes. What if I don't mind paying higher taxes, but it will give me less capital to expand locations and my competition that has more operating capital because they're bigger than me will eat into my market share? What if I'm a good guy and I do everything by the book? I pay all my taxes. I pay all my payroll taxes. But my competition is using illegal labor. They're using undocumented migrants. So once again, I struggle against that competition and they thrive. So the bad guy wins in that scenario. So we have to separate the good guys from the bad guys. And we have to give the good guys, if they're out there, the opportunity to be the good guys. We have to incentivize the good behavior. I've said this before. The same way we designate companies as environmentally friendly, equal opportunity employers, minority companies, veteran-owned companies, we need a designation for labor-friendly companies, and let's call them America First companies. We'll make the right happy. We'll call them America First companies. The same way companies have to follow a strict set of guidelines and provide documentation, they are following those guidelines to be designated as carbon neutral or environmentally friendly. We can incentivize companies to act in a way that benefits consumers, labor, and the country. And then you have to know who they are and you have to do business with them. That's the key. Businesses will only do this if there's something in it for them. So by spending our dollars with them, by the government offering tax incentives the same way they do for environmental initiatives, this will hopefully offset the increases in cost to become a labor-friendly or America-first company and thereby negate the need to raise prices or lay people off. Is this making any sense? You give that designation to these companies, you go on Google, I need a company for this, or you just want to check before you go spend your dollars, does this company have the labor-friendly designation? Does this company have the America First designation? Companies will then fight for those designations because it will increase their revenue, because there are tax incentives to be designated as such. The good actors will be rewarded. The bad actors will be punished. The other nice thing is companies of all sizes can benefit, unlike some of the environmentally friendly tax incentives, because every company can't afford to spend millions putting solar panels on all their fulfillment centers like Amazon can. So there, are, there will be smaller things that smaller companies can do to benefit from these incentives. I'll give you another quick one. I wasn't going to do this because I'm trying to keep this as short as possible, but just another quick solution. Tax amnesty, a federal tax amnesty. You know, there are some companies, whether in business or out of business now, that just truly have struggled, have struggled to make it. And they owe taxes. 
especially coming out of the pandemic. And so for smaller companies, I wouldn't do it for the large companies necessarily. You set a a, a, a level, uh, maybe say $5 million in revenue. Any company, $5 million in revenue and less, we're going to offer you a federal tax amnesty, where if you owe 100000 200000 500000 in taxes, we will allow you to pay that tax back at a reduced percentage. That will bring in a lot of money, and it'll save you the cost and the trouble of chasing after these people, of hiring 88,000 new IRS agents to chase after these people if you just offer them an amnesty. Trust me, a lot of people will take care of that. If they can get away with paying 75% of that outstanding tax bill, they will do it. They will find a way to do it. Bottom line, we can't complain about a company's business practices or tax avoidance and then shatter a record for online sales on Cyber Monday. Now, come on now. Most of that was buying from Amazon at Christmas time, right? Cyber Monday? We shatter that Cyber Monday record every year and then go right back to complaining about how Amazon treats its workers. We can't keep doing that if we want to make a change in how these companies operate. That's the best advice I can give you today. Get more information. Understand it more You'll form better opinions, make better judgments. All right. I'm going to stop there because, man, I went way longer than I thought I was going to go on the left side of things. I didn't even get to the right leaning perspective on taxes. Next episode. All right. That's what I'm going to do going forward. That's going to be my new thing, I think. Sometimes I feel like I want to jam it all into one episode and it ends up being too much, too much information to absorb. So next episode, I'll talk about the right on taxes. And maybe I'll address what we don't talk about when it comes to spending, because I do want to give a little time to Tyree Nichols. As I say, I don't want to just repeat what I've heard elsewhere. The obvious we need reform. We need change. I have no idea what possessed those five men to do what they did to Tyree Nichols. No idea. I also don't know why there seemed to be such a breakdown of humanity on other levels from other cops to paramedics whatever. My input as far as change is I've heard it said by cops, you have to pass a psych evaluation, both when they are candidates to become cops and after they're on the job. This is how I understand it. The problem is friends, family members, or even just people on the inside who are cops or know the system, tell them what to say to to pass the psych evaluation or just the basic police exam. You get it? So maybe you have an uncle who's a cop and he tells you, here's how to answer the questions. Here's how they're going to trip you up. I've heard this said by cops. That's what's going on. So we have to deal with that. Also, if we are going to start saying, hey, you are bound by law. If we're trying to pass a law, you're bound by law to intervene if a fellow officer is breaking the law. We may end up finding Less and less men and women applying to be cops. You know, people may say, "Ah, you know what? It just ain't worth it. We're going to have a real problem in this country if policing becomes the job no one wants. Right now, the police in a lot of communities are seen as the enemy, not as the protectors, as the enemy. Instead of fighting that image and calling it unfair, which in some cases it may be, it may be, but not in all, certainly not in Memphis on that night. It wasn't an unfair perception to see the cops as the enemy. 
So instead of fighting the perception, the police and the police unions really have to come to grips with the fact they have to do something. They have to make a change. Obviously, every community is not the same. I talked about this before on past episodes. I heard one of the heads of the police union said, you can work in one community and see more depravity in a year than you would see in 20 years in another community. So given that, we have to make sure the people who are going into policing understand the job, understand where they're going to work and are doing it for the right reasons. You know, not doing it because they want to crack some heads or they're on some kind of a power trip. For people who don't think we have a problem in this country, look at it this way. There is really no reason I should know Ben Crump. I should have no idea who he is. Yet virtually every person in this country knows Ben Crump because he seems to be on our TVs every single month. Once a month, there's something so egregious. Here comes Ben Crump on my TV again. Now, some people may not like that. Some people might be sick of seeing Ben Crump interviewed on CNN again. But if you're sick of seeing him, if you're sick of seeing him, if you're sick of hearing about these stories, just think about how the people in these communities who have to constantly call him must feel. If you're a police officer and you don't like being judged by the actions of a few, just think about how the people in these communities feel about being judged and treated based on the actions of a few. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If not the best advice you'll get, I hope it was at least good advice. I hope it was. If you could, help me out by going and subscribing or following on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Hope you share the show. Go to the website, www.thecomparisongroup.com for sources and fact checks. Thanks for investing your time with me. I'll see you next time, okay?